Brothers. It is Tuesday, January 8, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and a lot of change. Joined today by Dwayne Long. Dwayne, how goes it? Oh, I'm, I'm still in recovery from uh, the events yesterday. I feel like a punch-drum fighter. Yeah, it's been crazy. There have been two days, yesterday and then last week there was a day when it seems like uh, the college football world was camped in Columbus as we all looked at the coaching upheaval. We will even get into a little bit of the final rankings and maybe a little of what happened last night. But let's start with, there's just more news than you can possibly go over here. So I'm going to try and bring everybody up to speed here. And we'll also obviously talk about the addition of Justin Fields here in a bit. But coaching upheaval, Ryan Day. Out of his staff, Greg Schiano, Bill Davis, Alex Grinch, possibly Tabor Johnson. In, Oklahoma State Offensive Coordinator Mike Yersich will be the passing game coordinator, essentially taking over the day role as he steps up into Myers' seat. The newest name, and the name that I don't think anybody knew, Jeff Hasley will be the defense, co-defensive coordinator. Hasley is a one defensive back coach in San Francisco. His co-defensive coordinator will come from that school up north, Greg Madison. Madison told his defensive line a couple nights ago that he was not coming back. Harbaugh did not want him back on the staff. And then, as Bill Green reported yesterday, Al Washington has a standing offer from the Buckeyes. Washington, his father played at Ohio State, is the linebackers coach at Michigan. and could come to Columbus in the same capacity. That is a standing offer. Let's break these down. First, what is your vibe on the exit of Greg Schiano, Bill Davis, and Alex Grinch, possibly Tabor Johnson? I failed to mention, which was a mistake on my part, Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach, was retained and promoted, so he will be associate head coach as well as defensive line coach, deservedly so, but he's the only one they retained. So let's talk defense first. Your thoughts on Ryan Day basically cleaning house? Uh, That's the word. I mean, he he just absolutely blew up. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Green was, I think that's the term he used in a blog post yesterday, absolutely just went in and threw a hand grenade into the defensive, uh, defensive staff room. Wow. I mean, he just got rid of all these guys. Very interesting that you've got, uh, you know, uh, it looks like, you know, just from what we're hearing that Taylor Johnson's going to go too. Uh, Grinch was here a year. Taylor Johnson here a year. So that tells me that they didn't believe in those guys from the beginning. He, you know, he's over on the other side. It's not his decision to make. They were out. You know, and uh, Bill Davis, he were always welcome. You know, I, I was – He'd only been here two years himself, and, you know, I I, I was not happy with why Derek Packer play. How can you be? It's been bad. And that's what it went back to. You know, this year, you, there is a definite argument for youth. I don't know if we're that talented, uh, you know, in the uh, linebacker unit right now. Uh, I look at Tuff Borland being a guy that, that, that the defense depends on. And he's just not fast enough. Uh, he misses tackles. It's just very difficult to to uh, make an argument that it's all about the coaching. But then again, here's what I come back to and why I think it, it's a move that uh, I'm fine with. 
last year, that was a veteran unit. And one is uh, one of those players is, is playing in the NFL right now, an actual starter with uh, Baker. And the linebackers weren't really any better last year. So it's appropriate that, that Davis is going. I've been a fan of Ciano. Uh I think that you have to look back at what he done this year. It was just a mess. It was a mess. But you also have to look at what this unit lost. And some fans just will not face the fact that, you know, they lost all three of the veteran linebackers. They weren't good, but they they knew what they were doing. Damon Webb was not a great safety, but he was solid. He didn't make a lot of mistakes back there. Uh, Ward is uh, uh, taking number four in the draft uh, and looking like he's going to be on the very short list for uh, rookie of the year. Then you lose Sam Hubbard at a fine year at Cincinnati. And uh, Taquan Lewis really came on at the end for Indianapolis. And then this year he loses Nick Bosa after the third game of the year. So we're talking about, and this is the guy that, that is probably going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. NFL is the elite of the elite. When you're playing at that level, you're an outstanding football player. You're big time. And you lose those guys, and you're just going to pick right up where you left off. It's, that's tough to do. So, uh, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about Shiano. Uh, leaving, but I mean, I, I think that he's made some good hires here. I'm really impressed with the hires for the most part. A, a quick aside on Nick Bosa. So, Nick Bosa played three games. If you project his numbers out over 14 games, and I realize that small sample size theater, but any, it wasn't like Bosa was a flash in the pan. He's an established player. I think it's absolutely applicable to extrapolated his three-game numbers over 14. He would have had 65 tackles, fourth on the team. 51 solo tackles, third on the team. He would have had 28 tackles for loss. Chase Young led the team with 14 and a half. And he was on pace for 19 sacks. So anyone that blows off the idea that they lost Nick Bosa and that he couldn't turn the tide in the game, I just don't believe that. So we shall see. Let's talk about the offense here. Um, Ryan Day added Mike Yersich from Oklahoma State, like we said, to kind of take his role on the staff. How the offensive breakdown responsibility-wise comes, we'll, we'll learn. Very impressed with Yersich, Ohio native who was at Oklahoma State. Anyone who's watched college football in the Big 12 knows Oklahoma State can score points. I'm not sure they can stop anybody. But their scheme got brain and So think about that. And then you add in the idea of retaining Brian Hartline. This is a much, much younger group. Ryan Day is 39. Mike Yersich is 43. Jeff Hackenson is 39. Ryan Day has completely remade the staff. If anyone had any concern or any uh, thought that this was just going to be Ryan Day attempting to mimic Urban Meyer, they are... And I actually thought that was possible. That is, could not be further from the truth. The three guys running the Buckeyes right now are Ryan Day, Mike Yersich, and Jeff Halfley. Three guys younger than me, which is really scary. What is your vibe on the youth movement? And what is your – and you can speak about Yersich. I think we all know about him. I still think that Day will be the man on offense. But 
the youth movement and the complete changeover in hierarchy? Are you in support of it? What do you think of it? Oh, overall, yeah. Uh, the only one I have really any question about is uh, Madison. I mean, you, you know, we, we talk about uh, getting younger. Well, we certainly didn't right there. I don't know how. They say he is a monster recruiter. He is King Kong on the recruiting trail. My, I just, a guy that age, though, Dan, he's, how's he connecting with the younger guys? Uh, it, you know, what's he doing sitting in the living room with some 17, 18 year old kid? And, you know, he's clearly old enough to be grandfather, maybe great grandfather. How's that, how's that, I don't, I don't like that optic. Uh, don't understand that hire. Uh, I don't know why we needed it. Um, I think, uh, I just don't get that one. But other than that, I think we did a great job of bringing in some guys. I would love to have Al Washington on this staff. That would be, you know, an, another, uh, young African American coach on the staff. That's so relatable to most of the kids that, that we're recruiting. Um, overall, I think it's, uh, it's really a lot of good moves. And as you said, Day has said, this is my staff. This is my team. I'm going to run it like I want to run it. He has definitely shook things up. Uh, he's got a direction he wants to go and, and, uh, you know, it, in a way, it doesn't really surprise me because Urban Meyer uh, recognized that Ryan Day was a rising star. He just saw that there was something special about this guy. And, uh, you know, when he named him the um, the interim coach, uh, it raised my eyebrows with, uh, with veterans like we had on the staff who were in coordinator jobs, and Day was not. So it really said something, and I was impressed with uh, with how he did things on the sideline when he was running the show there for those few games. And uh, I, I just I'm excited about things. You know, we we just won a Rose Bowl. We went out like it, it was a great end to the season, into an era. You know, uh, with uh, beat Michigan, win the Big Ten championship. And win the Rose Bowl, and that's how Urban Meyer goes out. So it's a it's a chapter that, that closes, and it was a great chapter. Uh, but but Ryan Day, I like what I'm seeing of him. He's definitely his own man, and it's, I can't wait till spring ball. I really can't, and we'll see what's going to happen. I think Greg Madison was brought in because. Madison has an extremely strong relationship with Ohio high school football coaches, and I do think there's going to be an effort from the current staff to mend some fences in Ohio. It's probably not realistic to expect Ryan Day to be able to recruit nationally to the extreme level that Urban did, at least early on. So having great ties in Ohio and bringing Madison in for that would be fine. He's brought in as a code with half it's clear to me that Halfley is going to be the boss on defense. And also the Madison addition could help in bringing in Al Washington. I love the fact that Day and <clears throat> Jeff Halfley were together for a year. 
Jay really just seemed to have a vision. He's probably known he wanted Halfway as a defensive coordinator when he got a head coaching job for a while. Al Washington, how about this hook? Al Washington, not only did his dad play at Ohio State, not only is he from Columbus, he played defensive tackle at Boston College. Yes, he was a grad assistant at Boston College when Al Washington was defensive tackle, Ryan Day. So these guys go back. I agree with you on Madison. It's getting back to a little bit. It's a little bit questionable. When you sandwich that with Jeff Halfley and Al Washington, then to me it makes a lot of sense. Plus you have a guy in the room which you have Washington and Madison who have been privy to a few school up north meetings and those beatdowns can continue, which would be fantastic. But yes, I would say if I was running the bull type at the bottom of the page, it is daytime. It is his team. Uh, the vision on the field and off the field is going to be his. Urban will assist that clearly on the recruiting front at times, but very impressive Ryan Day, and I have to say I'm very surprised that he has made such a strong move to take over this quickly. I like it, but um, for a 39-year-old, guy has got some chutzpah. All right. As if that wasn't enough to talk about, and we could probably do a six-hour show here. Ohio State also added what some people believe is the finest quarterback prospect of the last five years. It may be hard to say what point Trevor Lawrence played last night, but fellow Georgia native Justin Fields has transferred from Georgia to Ohio State. Whether or not Fields is eligible is still to be determined. Everyone knows that story. If I had to bet, I would bet heavily on Justin Fields being eligible to play this year. That will mean a, um, a competition with Kate Martell. And Matthew Baldwin, I think it's kind of ironic that the player that resembles Dwayne Haskins the most is Matthew Baldwin. If anyone has seen Justin Fields play, he is physically. I, I think I would accept the argument that he is physically as good a prospect at quarterback as you could have. For people who don't know, he's about six three and a half, two hundred and thirty pounds. He literally runs almost like Braxton. I'm not saying he's not as electric in his cuts, but he has that kind of running ability, and he can throw the ball like Dwayne Haskins. And I know that sounds ridiculous, and I'm not saying he can do both in the games at the same time consistently, but he does have that kind of skill set and talent level. Um, what kind of personality he has and this decision to leave Georgia, you know, that'll all play out. What's your vibe on the addition of fields? I mean, for PR-wise, it certainly doesn't hurt, you know, that uh, we end the era of Urban Meyer with Dwayne Haskins and get to feed that into the new one and day on day's back, which is great. So, Justin Fields, her thoughts on his addition. Let's assume he's eligible. How would you see everything playing out? Uh, well, let me say real quick, I think that what you said about Madison and uh, Ryan Day with the strategy that, to me, makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about that. Well, I didn't know that Madison had that great uh, relationship with Ohio coaches. There's a very smart strategy for Ryan Day. He does not have the, the superstar, the, the rock star that Urban Meyer had, at least yet. So come back home, get some low-hanging fruit, you know, and then uh, uh, show the rest of the high school football world that uh, things are not changing here in Columbus, Ohio. It's still going to be a great place to go to school. It's going to be a great place to win championships and uh, move on to the NFL. It's smart to, you know, uh, 
get back to your roots until he establishes that uh, reputation. He's a, you know, think about Davos Sweeney came out of nowhere. Uh, and Lincoln Riley, these guys are, but they established themselves. And I think that would be a really smart move. And I, I think you've, uh, I think you've hit on why this, uh, why this happened. But on Justin Fields, Justin Fields, you, Deshaun Watson, that's, that's what I see. He I throws it better than Deshaun Watson. I know this sounds ridiculous. For like, like technique wise and, he actually throws the ball better than Deshaun Watson. I'm telling you, if everyone should go to complex.com, there's a, a documentary series called QB1. The first one they did was on Kate Martello and a couple, and Jake Fromm. Some kid who went to Wake Forest, I apologize. Um, and then the one they just did recently was on Justin Fields and a couple other dudes. It's definitely worth watching. You will know more about Justin Fields after that than anything, but physically, you will see he is a freak. I'm sorry, Dwayne. Go ahead. Yeah, but it's just this guy here is a kid that can spin it. You want him to sit, sit in the pocket? He could do that. He he's an NFL passer. He can stand in the pocket and and uh, and throw at the best of them. But then you get him outside, and it's like having a running back out there with the football, as you said, Braxton Miller. So uh, it's it's. Uh, it's uh, just huge that he's coming here, and, you know, I think you, you have to win, Dan. If you told, okay, you're the starter, you're going to have to lose the job on the field in the spring, and I can't, i got to think that that's why he he uh, really uh, decided to come here. Is, you know, this is a kid that could start at most places next year, most places. And he chose Ohio State, even though Ohio State has a couple of highly ranked guys waiting to uh, to take the job. But uh, I mean, he's just—he's really special. And and you gotta think he's going to win the job. With all due respect to Tate Martell, you've got a, a guy that's just a cut above coming in. Uh, I had Matthew Baldwin winning the job even before the Justin Fields stuff come up, because I think he fits more what um, what Ryan Day wants to do with his quarterback. The, the zone read is done. It's, you know, we, we may have it in there as a wrinkle, but it's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, J.T. Barrett ran the ball uh, 12 times a game on average as a senior. He, he ran it 16 times a game on average as a junior. That's just not going to happen uh, with with things going forward. So that really puts Tate Martell in a difficult situation because you're taking away part of his game. It was it, it's important to how he runs runs the position, how he plays the position is that running thing that the defense has to account for that. Well. Uh, a five foot, they, they say five foot ten, he's more like five foot nine. Everybody I know who's, uh, been up close enough to, to eye it out says he's probably five nine. And sitting in the pocket and throwing a ball five foot nine, that's not going to be real easy. As he's definitely going to be at a disadvantage, let's say. I'm not saying he can't do it. But, uh, it's going to be easier when you're six foot three or so. 
So uh, I just got a gut feeling that, that Justin Fields is going to come out of spring ball as a starter. What Martell decides to do after that, I imagine he will transfer. I, the talk is, it seemed like people were talking about, well, he's just going to transfer if Justin Fields comes in. No, he's not. Why would he do that? He's going to go out and compete in the spring. It's completely against his character to back down from a challenge. He's ready to come out and compete against the guy. But after spring, I imagine he is going to move on. Uh, this could affect our quarterback room, period. Is, uh, is Jack Miller still want to come here? Uh, what's Matthew Baldwin going to do? So, um, <clears throat> but in the end, you have to take Justin Fields. He's special. Uh, as you said, uh, uh, he may be the best quarterback prospect to come out in about the last four or five years, but, uh, after watching the, the championship game last night, maybe, maybe he's number two. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but you have to take him. He's odds on to be the starting quarterback next year, and it's going to be exciting to see what uh, what Ryan Day can do with him. I think that had so much to do with it. Is Haskins, who's friends with with Fields, telling him, "Look, this is a quarterback coach. This guy'll get you ready for the show." So uh, excited about Justin Fields, no doubt about it. Yeah, like I said, Google, how do I watch? QB1 Season 2 and follow the links there to see about Justin Fields. They get into his high school team in his senior year gets into a, a tough battle and they play big time, big time Georgia football. They go up against Adam Anderson who's a linebacker at Georgia now and good lord for a high school player. What a what a prospect. They get into trouble and they they literally feel just says, I'm running at every play. So I'm serious. He, he you could make an argument from watching the thing that they run first guy. I, I think this is going to be more interesting than people think. I actually do not think Tate will transfer simply because he's going to graduate after this coming year. So I'm not sure it's advantageous for him unless he gets just, you know, some spot opens up for him. But it, it should be interesting indeed. And like I said, Matthew Bolden arguably fits what we saw from Dwayne the most. But Dwayne Justin Fields, I mean, to say that Justin Fields is a better runner than Dwayne is – is really you know, slow playing it. it. They are not very similar um, in terms of prospects. Dwayne did not run at all at Bullis and Potomac. And Fields, uh, if you watch the tape, he's almost the biggest guy in his high school team. I mean, he is a straight stud on a team. And he played a super high level in Georgia. It, if you like watching high school stuff, this documentary is definitely one to catch on. In fact, if you want to bore yourself, not bore yourself, if you want to really geek out, go back and watch the year before because it's about Kate, and you can kind of compare the two personality-wise. I wouldn't say either one is uh... – yeah, I'm going to cut that part out. Um, okay. Good. You know, we could talk personnel and coaching changes here and theory for forever. We're going to have to cut it off at some point. But the final eight people – came out this morning. It always comes out within hours after the national championship game is played in which we saw Clemson just dismantle and destroy Alabama. Certainly one of the more impressive performances that I've seen from a team. Good Lord. Um, 
But the final polls come out, and the AP has ranked Ohio State <coughs> number three. I'm not saying it's surprising, uh, given the way Georgia and Notre Dame finished off the year, and they hopped those two teams. But what is your vibe on the ranking? Do you think it's fair? And uh, let's put a bow on this thing. Well, I, I, you know, it's irritating. We're not good enough to make the college football playoffs, but we can finish number three. It, it, I find that irritating. Come on. <laughs> if we're good enough to end up number three, how come we were good enough to be in the top four? Uh, it's irritating. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, we won out. Uh, it, I just, I'm disappointed in what I'm seeing there. That, uh, you know, we, we finished top three, uh, but we didn't when it really mattered. I don't even know why they're having a, a final poll now. Makes no sense. And, and another thing you can look at is badly, as Clemson destroyed Alabama, somebody else could move, they could move down another notch. Alabama just got taken apart. It was not close. It was fun because watching Alabama lose is fun. But, it, you know, it wasn't, I went in thinking Alabama would win. I thought it would be a pretty good game, though. But uh, Alabama just got taken apart, and that they can still finish number two. I don't know about that either. Definitely an interesting ride. Good Lord, the Buckeyes have provided us plenty of off-season injuries. Keep it locked into Buckeyes. We are following certain stories. What's going to happen with Tabor Johnson? We already alluded to what we think will happen. What's going to happen about Washington? You've already alluded to what we think will happen. We appreciate Glenn stopping by. Keep it locked in, Buckeyes. Have a good one.